That's one thing for sure that his love will never fail. Um, it doesn't matter what happens in our life, what is happening, how things are happening. His love never fails. And we could always count on that. Because everything in life, it seems, one way or another, lets us down. One way or another, we get disappointed or we get hurt. But you know, His love just doesn't seem to end and it never seems to fail. And in the morning or at night, you could be crying all night and then the morning comes and it's like there's a joy that God can give us if we just receive it because it's always there. And so turn, if you will, to Revelation chapter 13 this morning as we finish this chapter. Um, This is our third study in this chapter, and we have slowed it down quite a bit as far as trying to finish a chapter a week. Um, Now, I, I didn't slow it down to sensationalize this chapter or to sensationalize the characters that are in this chapter, and for that matter, the last two chapters, because we've ran across several uh, characters, if you will, or, or, or people or things that we really needed to get to know and understand. So I didn't slow it down so that we can sensationalize them, but we, I slowed it down so that we could get a better understanding of these chapters and of these characters because they are vital for us to understand. So that when we continue on from from this chapter, 14, 15, 16, and on, then we're understanding who all the players are, basically. And so, within these two chapters, we have gotten to see the past as well as the future. We've gone to the Old Testament as well as the New Testament that we are in. And so, with all of that that we've been able to see, the past, present, and future, basically, or the past and the, and, and the future in the Old Testament, you know... So in living in the present today, <laughs> what, what does this mean for us today? And I'm glad you asked that question because I've been dying for you guys to ask that question. What does the, Re- the book of Revelation mean for us today? Well, it, it, it means that we are being given knowledge and understanding. God has revealed His Word to us through the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book is not the revelation of the Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we should never forget that when we are in this book. I mean, it is pretty gnarly for sure, all the things that we have been studying and learning about and we will continue to learn about. But it all has to do with who Jesus is and what he is revealing to us. And in the sense, he has revealed himself to us. He has revealed His Word to us. And in that, we have a responsibility as Christians today to share His Word. If we know what the past was all about, then we can understand what today is all about and what the future holds as well. And so, the fact is that everything that the Word of God has revealed to us, to date, has come to pass. Everything that we have covered you know, to date that was supposed to be revealed and come to pass has come to pass. And there is no doubt in my mind, and my hope is that there is no doubt 
in your mind, not but because of what I've said, but because of what the Word of God has revealed to us. I, I hope that there is no doubt in your mind because of what God's Word says. That whatever has not happened to date <laughs> that is prophesied in the Word of God will come to pass. It has to come to pass if you believe that this is God's Word. It has to come to pass, and there is nothing I can ever do or anybody can ever do to hinder, prevent, or stop anything from coming to pass that is in the Word of God. Like, like Daniel in his book said at the end of the first vision that he saw in Daniel chapter 2, verse 45, the last portion of that verse, it says, The dream is certain... And the interpretation is sure. What God had revealed to him at that time, in that vision, he says at the end, he says that dream is certain. And the interpretation that God gave me to give to you is sure. And oh, that we would have that same confidence, that same knowledge and understanding as Daniel did. Because there was no doubt in his mind that God had revealed something to him that God had spoken. And this is what we get to have today. We have the whole Word of God from beginning to end. From the beginning of, of Genesis to the end of Revelation, it is all in here. Everything that God wanted man to know is revealed in His Word. And guys, I've read the, to the entire book. I, I got to the end, and we win. Okay, God wins. And I'm on His side, so I say we. Okay, so if you're on God's side, you win. So nothing that we cover in the Word of God, even today, should, we should fear. We should be scared of in any way, shape, or form. If anything, we should be excited that God has revealed it to us so that we can go and share with other people. Amen? Revelation chapter 13. Let's read the whole chapter this morning. Now remember, I shared with you a couple weeks ago the word I in verse 1 can be translated he, and I'm going to put the he in there instead of the I, just to let you know. Uh, it says, Then he stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his ten horns crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his, one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast, and they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things, and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth, and blasphemy, and blaspheme, blasphemy, against God, to blaspheme His name, 
his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. The author- and authority was given, to, uh, given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He, he who leads into captivity shall, be, uh, shall go into captivity, and he who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven to the earth in the sight of men. And he deceived those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666, or 666. Father, I do pray for this time, that, Lord, you would be glorified even through this time, that, God, you would help me to be able to share this message with boldness and conviction, and and that, God, you would just help my brothers who have ears to hear, to hear this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So starting off in verse 11, where we left off last week, it says that, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. Now, we are introduced to another character. The last character, if you will, of these two chapters. If you weren't here for the last two chapters, you could always go on the internet and listen to the studies and catch up to us. But if you were not here, in chapter 12, we saw the woman that was introduced. She was the first one that we were introduced to, which is Israel. Then we saw the fiery red dragon, which was Satan. The male child, which is Jesus. Michael the archangel. 
And then we ran into another character or people, the offspring, which most believe are the tribulation saints. In chapter 13, last week or a couple weeks ago, we saw a beast rising up out of the sea. This one was more than likely a political leader. It could be a king, it could be a kingdom, but more than likely it is a political leader, which is the political antichrist. And now we are introduced to another beast. He is also referred to as the false prophet. He will be more of a religious leader or the religious antichrist. Now, it says another beast. This word another here, it means another of the same kind. These two beasts, they will be different but you will hardly be able to tell them apart. They, they, they both have different purposes here on earth in, in this time frame, but they are going to be so much alike. They, the, the, the Greek word for another here is, is the same Greek word that is used when Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, 16, when Jesus says, and he will give you, speaking of the Father, Jesus speaking of the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. Jesus, when He used that word another concerning the Holy Spirit, speaking of Himself, He says another of the same kind. The Holy Spirit will be just like me, is what Jesus was saying. But the Father will give you another helper. I'll explain it like like this to you. About a month ago, about a month ago, I, I, I got my, my 1993 Toyota pickup truck stolen from my front yard. I know, right? People will say, well, was it locked? It's like, it doesn't matter if it was locked. <laughs> it was on my front yard, and this person or persons, whoever they may be, were not invited. Yeah, they were punks. Yeah, thank you. Well, was it locked? It's like, what? Be that as it may, let me give you my illustration. I just have to get that one out there. So, so I get my 1993 Toyota pickup, which I totally love, stolen from my front yard. So what do I do? I go on the internet and find and buy another one. I bought myself another truck. Another of the same kind. 1994. <laughs> a 1994 Toyota truck, which is very similar. You could take these parts and put them on those parts because they, it is another of the same kind. That's what I mean. Now, if I would have gotten another truck that was a Ford or a Chevy or even a newer Toyota... It would have been another truck, but another of a different kind. But I got the same exact one. Same color and everything. (laughs) I am just that way. But I got another of the same kind. So that's what I'm trying to explain to you guys. And I wanted to tell you that I got my truck stolen too. (laughs) But 
It's like, feel bad for me. But, uh, but I got another of the same kind. And this is what's being spoken of here in, in, when, when we hear, and I saw another beast, very similar, almost identical. Oh, they have differences, for sure. They have slight differences, but they have the same objective here. They have the same purpose. And they are both, they can both be referred to as the Antichrist. The Antichrist. That's how similar they are. That both of these can be narrowed down and say, oh, the Antichrist. is like, yeah, which one? <laughs> Basically. The Bible tells us that there are many Antichrists coming into the world in 1 John 2.18. And it also tells us that, we, that they, there are those who have the spirit of Antichrist in 1 John 4, 3. The, the first beast that came on the scene has the spirit of Antichrist in that he will hate everything that has to do with Jesus Christ. He will be anti-Jesus Christ. Anything that Christ is, he will be the anti of it. And deny even the incarnation of the Son of God. That is Antichrist. But he can also be, or also is, the Antichrist. Now the false prophet that we are introduced here, his sole purpose is to turn people to the first beast. That is his sole purpose. To, to turn people towards this world leader. To worship him. But you could say also that he has the spirit of Antichrist because he will be Antichrist, even though he is a religious leader. But he is also the Antichrist. See the similarities? They're, they're, they're very similar in nature, in purpose, in objection. Whatever they, these two are so closely knit together that one could say that they are one. That they are not so independent of one another, but one. <coughs> now, this false prophet's purpose is much like the Holy Spirit's purpose. Which is interesting, because in John chapter 16, verses 7 to 15, and again, jot these things down and go back and, and, and read them, John 16, 17 through 15 lets us know that the Holy Spirit's ministry, his sole purpose in this sense, is to glorify Christ. Is to turn people towards Christ so that they might be able to worship Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit's job. His, the Holy Spirit is not out to, to make a name for himself. His purpose is to point people to Jesus. And that's what this false prophet is all about. He, he's okay not being worshipped. <laughs> he, he's okay with that. His, his purpose is to point people to the first beast. And it's interesting because now that we are introduced to this false prophet, it's, it, it, it almost seems like it has made up this unholy trinity, if you will. Satan's trinity, if you will. And this trinity is a counterfeit trinity. But then again, 
that is what the enemy has been going for all along. You see, this is what Satan has wanted forever. He has wanted to be like God ever since he got kicked out of heaven. He has wanted everything that has to do. He wanted the glory. He wants every. He wants the throne. He wants to be like the most high God. So Satan, the dragon, counterfeits the father. The first beast counterfeits the son, Jesus Christ. And now this false prophet counterfeits as the Holy Spirit, if you will. Let's look at where he comes from. It says that he, this other beast, comes or is coming up out of the earth. The first beast came up out of the sea, which the sea is unstable, as we looked at a couple weeks ago. And, and it, 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 it referred to, for the most part, the, the Gentile nations that, that the whole world basically is a Gentile nation in, in, a, in a lot of ways, that, that it is going to be an unstable time when this world leader comes on the, on the scene. There will be a lot of turmoil going on at that time. This beast, it says, comes out of the earth or the land, which is firm and stable. Some say (laughs) the earth or the land here that is being spoken of here could possibly represent the land of Palestine, which is Israel. And that it represents the Jewish nation of Israel. (laughs) Others seem to think that it speaks of Rome and or a religious organization that is firm and has been established for a long time and basically very stable. Now, there's several religions that that could fit that mold, right? That, 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 that have been around, they're pretty stable, they've been established for a long time. And, and I would have to lean more onto the Jewish side of this, you know? And again, you could come up with your conclusions. I get the platform here, so I get to say what I, I lean, right? You know? <laughs> but, but I kind of lean that way that the false prophet is either Jewish or that he has some kind or has Jewish blood coursing through his veins somewhere. Now, because I, I say that only because there will be this pact that, that comes with the nation of Israel in this time frame, as we read from Daniel. Well, I don't know if we read it, but it's in there. <laughs> I know we were going back and forth to Daniel. But there will be a time that this guy comes on the scene and he makes this covenant with the nation of Israel to where he helps somehow to build the third, the third temple. Somehow the Jews are going to embrace this false prophet. Somehow he's going to, to, to be accepted by the Jewish nation so that they will all be united. You see, it tells us in John chapter 1 that Jesus came to his own and his own did not receive him. 
Jesus being a Jew at the time, <laughs> he came to the Jewish community and they rejected him as their Messiah, as the sent one, as the one that would come and deliver them. To this day, the Jewish community still does not see or accept Jesus as their Messiah. They are still looking for and waiting for their Messiah to come and deliver them. And this one here, whether the religious leader or the political leader, or both because they're so similar, could possibly fit that bill and bring peace and deliver the nation of Israel from all their enemies. You know they have enemies, right? Every single, single nation, it seems like. But it tells us that this, this other beast has two horns like a lamb. Like, like Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was Jewish, this dragon in sheep's clothing, I believe, would have some kind of Jewish blood in him to be able to pull the wool over the Jews, if you will. Pun intended. There has to be something that will allow the Jews to be comfortable with this false prophet. To accept this world leader that's coming on the scene to where they're okay with it. So the, this false prophet has the characteristics of a lamb. He will be gentle, seem harmless, innocent, Nobody will probably be frightened of him. And he will probably just be an all-around lovable kind of guy. That everybody's going, man, this guy's just the one. The one that we've all been waiting for. The one that's going to bring peace to the Middle East, basically. And this is exactly what Satan wants people to believe. I, I heard something the other day, I don't know if it fits here, but I'm going to share it anyways, that Satan, he will wait 40 years. <laughs> 40 years. He will stalk. He will do whatever. He is patient in that sense. To be able to deceive. And so for all this time, he has been working on a plan, <laughs> basically, to deceive the Jewish people, the very elect if you will. But he has two horns. Now it's looking at pictures of lambs and it's like, where are the horns <laughs> on these things? Well, they have little stubby ones, right? I'm not a lamb expert, but they have little stubby ones. They're non-threatening horns, but they're horns nonetheless. And it speaks of power and authority. And so he will probably come on the scene with some kind of a power or authority as a priest and a prophet. So that he will be able to draw in the Jews. And, and not only the Jews, but the Gentile nations as well. He will, he will be like a lamb, but get this. He speaks like a dragon. And, and some think that this is going to be the giveaway. 
He will be very manipulative in that sense. He will be very subtle in a sense. He will be a sweet talker. And we ran into this creature at one point back in Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. That old serpent. (laughs) A sweet talker. Able to deceive. In verses 12 and, and, and 13... It says, and he will exercise all the authority of the first beast in his presence. It it almost seems like he has to be in the presence of the first beast to to use all this kinds of authority. And and some even think like the, 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 the first beast doesn't always trust this beast, but he will give him the authority only when he's in his presence. I don't know about you, but when you study and look at dictators, man, they're always paranoid. This one's probably going to be no different. But he will trust him when he is in his presence, and he will give him all this authority. And he will cause the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was, was healed, and he will perform signs so that even he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. No question this false prophet, regardless of the first beast, no question this false prophet will be sold out to the dragon and to the first beast. And he will not mind that he is not worshipped as long as he gets authority. And some people are okay with that. They want the authority. I don't care who gets the credit, I have the authority. You see, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? And so this guy, he's going to have absolute power, but he will be evil. He will have this face that looks very nice and kind, but deep down, he speaks like a dragon. The the false prophet will be so convincing that he causes the earth, it says, and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. He will be competing with, contending with, and in competition with the the two witnesses of God that we ran into in chapter 11. Remember those guys? Man, they, they nothing can come against them, and they were calling fire from heaven, and they were doing miracles and everybody was astonished but they're on the other side they're the ones that are countering coming against this world system that is now in place and so this false prophet having the authority of the dragon and the first beast he will be competing with them so where he can be calling down fire from heaven as well these signs and wonders and it kind of reminded me about moses and the magicians when they all stood before uh, pharaoh do you remember the story where, where, where Moses began to, to do these signs and these wonders and these guys, they duplicated it. They counterfeited it, if, if anything. They were able to do these signs and wonders. Now, make no mistake about it, man. Satan has that kind of authority even here on earth. The Bible never tells us that witchcraft or, or, or magic type stuff is not real. He just says, hey, stay away from it. It's not good. And these guys had the ability, the power, and the authority 
to do the same kinds of signs and wonders that Moses did up until it came time to create life. When Moses got to the, I think it was the fourth plague, where, where he created life out of dust, and only God can do that. When dust became lice. And the magicians were unable to compete with that. And even they had to confess, this is the finger of God. You see, the false prophet, even though he has or he does great signs, he will be limited as well. In verses 15 and six, 15 or 14 and 15, he says, And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by, by those signs which he, is, he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived, and he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He deceives. I I, I want to read to you again, and we read it a couple weeks ago in in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses nine through twelve, he says, "The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not re- receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved." But for this reason, God will send a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. And they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So they are kind of given over because they refuse the truth. The, the lie in, in chapter uh, two of Second Thessalonians, verse eleven, is what people are wanting. Mo- most people really don't want to hear about Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's conviction that follows. There's a line that is drawn when you are witnessing to people, so they'd rather stay calloused in the lie than receive the truth because now there's a judgment to be made even in their lives, and so they refuse that. They would much rather have people tickling their ears with something new and or even something old. As long as it has nothing to do with Jesus. And they would rather believe the lie than the truth. And it's interesting because we have been seeing this happen more and more in this generation. Oh, it's happened throughout, don't get me wrong. But it just seems that even in the last 20 years, the rhetoric has been ramped up. <laughs> oh, we've heard that in other countries, you know, Jesus is, you, you can't bring Jesus into anything. But man, oh man, has it been starting here, right? To where anything that has to do with God, with Jesus, is, is, is trying to be done away with. Why? Because people don't want to make decisions for Jesus. And, and if they can get them out of our schools and out of our public buildings and out of everything then they can do whatever they want and they don't have to be convicted of anything. 
And so the lines are being drawn, but I think oftentimes the lines are being drawn by the secular world than the Christian. And whatever this guy says, everyone will think, what a great idea. This whole world will buy into it from every part of the world, basically. They will agree with what he says. He will be that likable. And, and notice the, the many times that it talks about the earth dwellers. Earlier in, in, in verse 6, it says that, that he will speak blasphemy against those who dwell in heaven. But the earth dwellers, those who, are, who, who stay here, whose, whose citizenship is here, not in heaven, those are the ones that are buying into it continuously. He, he will make the earth dwellers set up an image to the beast, and guess what? They will do it gladly. Why wouldn't they? Man, they have fallen for it. He is the one who has taken care of them and, and come in and, and set everything up. And I believe, again, this is me personally, I, be, I believe that when he sets up this image, more than likely it will be in Israel, more than likely in Jerusalem, and why not the Temple Mount? Why not? Why not inside the temple itself to bring desolation, the abomination of desolation that Daniel spoke about and Jesus even spoke about? This would be the greatest way to blaspheme God as we read earlier. And since Satan could, couldn't be worshipped in heaven, why not the next best place? <laughs> the temple of God. Th this image will somehow come to life I don't know about you. I mean, I'm a news junkie, man. Hearing about all this robotic kind of stuff happening. And again, it could just be literal that they build this, this image and it literally comes to life somehow. It could be computerized with all the technology that has advanced and how fast it has advanced even in the last decade. Nothing will surprise me from here on out. Nothing. And he says, and he causes as many as would not worship the beast or the image of the beast to be killed. This false prophet will have the world so hypnotized that they will think that killing someone for not believing the way they do is okay. Huh. That's happened in the past, hasn't it? It's happening already. There, 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 there's, there's established religions that have been around for ages who are commanded basically to kill the non-believer, the infidel. Either believe the way we do or be killed. Again, it's happened in the past. It's happening today. John, John was no stranger to something similar to that. If you remember, when he was writing to the seven churches, that there were some within the, the seven churches that were in danger of, of death if they did not pinch or throw a pinch of incense into the fire and proclaim, Caesar is Lord. And if they did that, they were given a certificate of authenticity, basically, that they were on that side. And, and, and they would say, just do it, and you could, you could continue worshiping Jesus. But do it. 
And if you don't, then there's death. And Jesus encouraged one of the churches, stand firm even until death. So John was no stranger as he's writing this, going, oh yeah, I've seen this before. We've seen it in the book of Daniel where Nebuchadnezzar set up an image for himself, of himself, and if any refused, they would be put to death in the fiery furnace. It will be worship the beast or the image of the beast or die. And people will say, right on. <laughs> right on. Those who don't want to comply, why do we need them here anyway? They are just wreaking havoc anyways. This, this false prophet looks like a lamb, but deep down inside, he is a dragon. He's a snake. But he will come up with another way to pay your allegiance to this beast in verses 16 through 18. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the number or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Again, it's almost like going back to, to the, the Roman uh, emperor worship. If you did, here's your certificate. <laughs> you can continue to live for another year, basically. Here it says that he causes all, small and great. Man, this, this false prophet, this, this world leader has, will accomplish what nobody else has ever been able to accomplish, and that is level the playing field for rich and poor. Narrow the gap. Isn't that what everybody's talking about? Everybody should be on the same level, except for the dictator, of course, right? <laughs> But, but isn't, it, isn't it interesting that we are seeing more and more of this, even in our country, man? Everybody should be on the same level ground. And this guy gets to accomplish it, small and great, rich or poor, slave or free. Everybody's on the same plane. Everybody will have to receive this mark or die. You will not be able to buy anything or sell anything, even on eBay or even on whatever. You will not be able to, to conduct business. You won't be able to eat. Imagine not being able to pay your cell phone bill. That's awesome. Kill me now, Lord. <laughs> this guy has covered all the bases. All they have to do is receive this mark. And this mark, just like that little certificate, will show your allegiance to the Roman Empire. This mark will show your love and allegiance to the beast. That you are totally on board. And those who refuse, and, 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 and understand this, you're not going to get tricked into it, or you guys shouldn't even be here when that happens, but <laughs> just in case you are. Nobody's going to be tricked into this. They will do it willingly. And those who will not will be the outcasts. They will be the ones that are working against the betterment of humanity. How many times have we heard stuff like that? Because it's all about humanity. It's all about 
being tolerant and being part of this whole one world, united, kumbaya, singing kind of establishment. The world is so ready for something like this, isn't it? Especially when it comes to a cashless society. Most of you guys don't even carry cash. You forgot what it looks like. It's interesting because this generation is growing up in that society more than any other generation. Oh, I'm sure back in the day, the whole bartering system, but man, that, that, those are times past. But a whole cashless society, oh my gosh. You know, it's interesting because I was, I was thinking about this and it started back in the, the, you know, I mean, there's been checks for a long time, but when people, regular people, started jumping on board in the early 1900s with checks, and then in the 50s and 60s with credit cards, you know? And, 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 and then as people was like, oh, we don't need it pretty soon. No, now. Um, your cell phone <laughs> that you carry around, it's so stinking smart, right? And if you don't have one, you're so passe. <laughs> what? It's like, that is so back in the day. Man, this smartphone can do everything for you. It is so interesting. Some of you guys are going, is that the mark of the beast? It's like, no, <laughs> don't panic. Don't panic. But it can be used as a debit card. You can go up to a vending machine and get your little soda or candy from a vending machine with those, those little things. There's so much you can do. They are so convenient. You can take a picture of your check and cash your check, and it's in the bank. Isn't that interesting? How easy all of this is coming along. <laughs> so all of this is not far-fetched anymore, right, guys? Things that we're reading about here is not that far-fetched. Where people, again, if you stand in the way as a Christian, you are an outcast. If you're going, let me warn you, it's like, warn me of what? That would be the best thing ever, you crazy little Jesus freak. Can you imagine going into this cashless society, the corruption that will be stopped? No more drug trafficking. That's why they're like legalizing anything they possibly can. <laughs> what a great idea to stop crime. Why would they steal your wallet? They'd have to cut off your arm. Ha! I got it right here. Cut my head off. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's like, th what a perfect way to show your allegiance, your patriotism to the beast by taking on this mark. It will make life a lot easier for everybody. And you, they will know all about you in that sense. This, this marking will not only show your allegiance, but it will also show his leadership or his ownership over those who receive it. And isn't that what most people want? They want to know that they're, those in power are protecting you. They're, they're, they're caring for you. They will take care of even your health care. Everything. People are going, that's what I want. I, can't, I don't want to quit my, my job because they're taking care of me. See how dependent we have become on a lot of these things here that most of us fear? Those things, and it's like, once this kind of happens, it's like, well, I fear. Everything's taken care of. So none of this is far-fetched anymore. 
What we're talking about here is ultimate power over people. Ultimate power. All other world dictators, past, present, and futures could only dream of this kind of power, man. <laughs> and finally, it has been achieved in this time period. Verse 18, as we close up here, says, Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man or man. His number is 666 or 666. All that the enemy of God can muster up. All that man's wisdom can come up with falls short of perfection and completeness. It all adds up to 666. Six is the number of man. 666 is the probably the most dreaded number and Christians freak out about it all the time. They see an album cover or they see somebody tattoo it on their forehead or whatever. It's like, oh my God. It's like, why do we fear man? It is the number of man. It is the number of, 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 of man who is not complete. The number seven is the number of completion, perfection. It is the number of God. And the number eight is the number of new beginnings, which is the number of Jesus. You see, the Greek and the, and, and the Hebrew lettering and even the, the Latin lettering, all ha, or, uh, lettering has numbers associated with it. And the sum total of man, <laughs> past, present, and future, past six, present six, future six, 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 all of it, is, it falls short of perfection. That's all man can muster up, man. If 666 alludes to the unholy trinity, then it only stands to reason that 777 stands for the holy trinity. And with Jesus being our new beginning, we can pledge allegiance to him, to the one who has bought us, who we have a seal as we'll see in the next chapter on our foreheads <laughs> that God has placed because we belong to Him. Now, many have tried throughout the years to try to calculate the number of this name uh, for the Antichrist. And they have come up with every combination known to man and will continue to do that. And man, oh man, you could come up with every name under the sun and as like Mark Matthews says, even uh, Barney will be in there, you know, Barney the pink, whatever, purple, whatever, pink, purple. Sorry, I, I butchered it, Mark. But Barney can be calculated 666. He's probably the Antichrist. I don't know. But this is still future. We don't. We, we, we don't need to waste. Here, here's, here's wisdom. Here's wisdom. Don't be afraid of this number. It is the number of man. This is the best Satan could ever do, and this is the best man could ever do. And the Bible tells us that we are not to fear man. What can man do to us? Nothing. Nothing. Here's wisdom. Try, stop trying to figure any of that out. But fear God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? Amen.
Let's stand as we close in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much once again for this portion of scripture, Lord God. Again, for so many, Lord God, it just scares them even mentioning these numbers. And yet, Lord God, wisdom tells us that we are to fear you. That you are the ultimate, Lord. That we are not to fear man in any way, but to fear you, Lord. And Father, we, we just want to come to that conclusion this morning. Those who, who know you, who believe in you, Lord God, who adhere to you and trust in you, that, Lord, they will never fear any of us. Oh, Lord, you have given it to us as believers to warn the people of what is coming. You've given us a glimpse into the future. And I pray that, Lord, we would use wisdom in sharing it with people. Not to scare them, Lord God, but to, to warn them, to show them that your word is true, that everything that has been spoken in it, past, present, and even future, has come to pass, is coming to pass, and will come to pass. And so, Lord, that we may have confidence in you, in you alone, Lord. You've given us your word, and you hold your word above your name. And so we honor that as well, Lord. And we want to trust Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters would be equipped to be able to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ, what he has revealed to us through the book of Revelation. And I thank you for that. If you're here this morning and, and you don't know Jesus, but you came and you heard this message and you have heard about the 666 number and been frightened of it, there's no need that you come to Jesus. There is fear if you don't. <laughs> And I'm not going to scare you into it. I'm just going to offer you this opportunity to say, if you need Jesus in your life, don't hesitate. People might say, well, hey, I've been warned, and when that time comes, I will make my decision. And I'll tell you this right now. If you can't live for Jesus right now, what makes you think that you will die for him later? You won't. He has given you the free gift today. Is there anybody here that says, Pastor, pray for me? I need Jesus in my life. We want to talk to you afterwards, but for right now, that you make that confession. Is there anyone this morning who will raise their hand and say, I'm right here. By, by me raising my hand, I am confessing that I need Jesus. Father, then I, I, I just commit my brothers and sisters to you, Lord. You, you have taught them you have given them your word, Lord God. If there was anything that was of me, let it fall to the wayside, Lord God. But let your word penetrate the ears of my brothers and sisters that they might hear your word and then proclaim it to the world around us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and I love you guys.